I'm Dr. Jay Anders, and this is Tell Me Where It Hurts, where we discuss some of the big challenges in health IT and how we can solve them so clinicians can do what they do best, care for patients. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of Tell Me Where It Hurts. Today's guest um, is a nurse, foremost, with a lot of experience. Um, and one of the things I'd like to relate before I introduce her is that when I was in training as a medical student and a resident, the nurses had a great impact on me and, and my training. And I remember there's one nurse in particular, her name was Judy Sinclair. She has now passed away, unfortunately, um, that really impacted my view of medicine and care for patients and what really counts and what really doesn't count. So I will give you a little bit of a, a story. So it was my first night as a house officer and in the hospital that I was in, it was about 150 beds. The teaching service was about 30 to 35 patients with 10 admissions a night and I was by myself. They had a senior resident on call that I could call if I really needed somebody, but here I am newly licensed, newly vetted, ready to go, wearing my white coat, jam-packed with my Washington manual, my, AC, my ACLS training, my advanced trauma life support training cards, and I had, I had it all. Tongue depressors, reflex hammers, my stethoscope. It was just, I looked like Batman. So I'm sitting there at the nurse's station on the, the floor that has all the teaching service. And Judy came up behind me and tapped me on the back, said, how are you doing? So I'm doing pretty well. Scared to death, but doing pretty well, because it's really the first time I had all the responsibility of patient care without a whole lot of backup, as you do when you're a medical student. So she went away, I started my rounds, and lo and behold, you knew it would happen on the first night, somebody went into cardiac arrest twice. So went into cardiac arrest in the ED, got admitted to the ICU, and promptly went into cardiac arrest again. So here I am, um, I'm by myself, the ED is busy, they can't come up. And Judy came up behind me and said, you've got this, I've watched you for three years, you've got this. Just do what you're trained to do. I'll be here to help you. And we took off. Patients survived. I felt real good about myself. But I will tell you, it was her support and the ongoing support of the nurses when I was in training and after I started practice that really, really made practicing medicine a joy. So today we have a guest, Don Matera who is the Administrative Director of Critical Care and Emergency Department at Holy Name Medical Center. She's been a nurse for 31 years, congratulations. She's held just about every position a nurse can hold in a hospital, staff nurse, charge nurse, assistant nurse, manager, manager, now director level, overseeing the ED and the critical care units. Uh, she has uh, is a member of the Nurse Residency Advisory Board, Infection Prevention Committee, Patient Safety Committee, Nursing Liaison for Sharing Network and Collaborates with the Informatics Team, which is what we're going to talk mostly today about. And I'm really proud to have her. Welcome to the program, Dawn. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, like I said, you've been a nurse for a really, really long time. 31 years is a long time in anybody's book. 
during this, your hospital started off on building its own EMR. Correct. So give me a little bit of your background, your professional background, and then how did you get involved with that project? Well, professionally, I've actually, I went to the School of Nursing here at Holy Name and I've stayed, I've, I've had various opportunities to leave, but I love the organization. So I've been fortunate enough to grow throughout my career here. And I think, especially with you know, people growing up nowadays, you know, I was fortunate to know that I've always wanted to be a nurse. So I, you know, I truly believe it's a calling. I knew as from young as I remember all in kindergarten, everyone asked what they wanted to be when they grow up. And my parents saved the little book that I had, they made, and I was the nurse and everyone else wanted to be an actress or a model. And I wanted, you know, the fake stethoscope and bag. So that, you know, that's, it's always been inside of me to do that. And I've been fortunate, like I said, to grow here at the organization. And I think because of that, I've always been a team player. I've always wanted to do best with, for our patients. I, like you said, I've grown in many different roles with being even preceptors at times and helping with education and fostering the growth of our new staff here and really seeing how we can benefit and make things better for our patients and for our, our employees here. So, and I think because of those reasons, I was chosen to be part of this and to collaborate with the IT system and really be our, our nurse leadership spokesperson to really dive into the role here and really expand this throughout the hospital and to bring it to our staff. So when you became a part of that team, it was at a very interesting time in our country. Yes. The middle of COVID-19. And I think you made the cover of Newsweek, mm -hmm. Holy Name did, if it or Time. I'm not sure which, which publication. So when you all decided to do that project, I'm just curious about what the decision-making process was to go through and start building a brand new health record during the middle of COVID. Well, it was really at that time that really shed light that it was you know, necessary. We went, we're a community hospital, but however, we do expand in all different areas and in, in growth. Um, our ICU is a 19 bed ICU. It's the only ICU in the organization. Um, our ED holds up to 42 bays, but obviously we can double and, and move on from that. And when we went from our 19 bed to expand that at one point we had over 50 ventilators, they had to build, I don't know how they did it, but we build, you know, these large ICUs. And at that point, you know, being now at the other hand and helping staff and realizing how difficult it was because now our patients were not only did they grow in the amount of patients we had, but the acuity. And they were on massive amounts of drips and treatments that we had to give them. And here we still were documenting on paper, which really made us inefficient. And we needed to be able to streamline that process and see what we could do. We were double, even triple documenting because a lot of paper obviously doesn't speak to each other either. So we had to try to, I was trying to cut ways out of how we can get to these patients, take care of them and try to cut out this duplication. So I was really a champion saying, you know, we need to get, we need to get an electronic. There's a way to do this faster, you know, that calculate even the amount of, you know, uh, for our eyes and O's to calculate automatically for them for drips and IVs instead of the nurses manually inputting everything. So I think because of that and what we saw and how, you know, the, like I said, how we expanded so quickly with the amount of patients that we had, um, that we just really was able to go on the forefront to see the need to go to all electronic documentation. You know, interestingly, one of the things I have observed about healthcare IT and the industry and when people start to build things, they almost consider 
the nurses last, which I think is a horrible mistake because you guys are with the patients all the time, documenting all the time. But it's it's amazing that little tidbit that just doesn't quite hit in a lot of, of development. So how was it that you got into design and getting rid of all the paper and tell me a little bit about that process and how that, iter- I know there were several iterations of it. Well, and that's, what's great because that process is still ongoing. So what we do is, you know, we looked at, obviously we gave all of our paper to show where we can go, like how everything could speak to each other and be put into one electronic area. You know, certain things do have to be duplicated other things, you know, why, why were we documenting the way we're even documenting? I've, like I said, I've been here for 31 years and I've still used the same, we were still using the same type of nursing documentation from when I started. It was something called like, you know, uh, a focus charting. So we were just charting by exception and we we're having to put in data and interventions and writing what the response was. And that never changed over the years. And when we looked at this, when they first thought we were going to, going to make the electronic record, they just wanted to duplicate exactly what was on paper to put in electronic. And um, that made that didn't make any sense. So I had to bring this to the nurses too and realize this is our time. This is our time to have a voice just because that's how we always did everything in the past. This is for us now to make changes and move forward. So, and I think just by having that constant dialogue, including the staff nurses, you know, allow it expanded from time, you know, having not only the managers in the room and, you know, I was as the director role, but having the staff also have input and being able to see, because the one thing COVID did teach us also is how you, how fluid healthcare is, right? We change from day to day, even sometimes hour to hour, how things were changing. So I think that by having that input from the staff and really being able to make it grow, they were able to make su- suggestions and make this something that was really user-friendly. So what has that process been like? You know, feedback and iteration and you, we do it this way, but nope, that's not going to work. And then we have to change how we're doing it. Um, you know, are there any stories uh, from the front lines on how that whole process worked? ongoing because like I you said it's beginning it was in COVID and there everybody was working triple shifts right uh, to get everything done well and well that that's how we learn right we do something you learn from and I think the best part is you know I'm able to take constructive criticism my the, our IT department I mean I love who I work with but you know be like mm, that that's a really great idea but I don't think that's going to work, you know, and I'd have the staff be able to put their input in. And even I'll never forget the first night that we went live in the ICU. You know, I the whole IT department was there. They were on site with us. They were making changes as we went along. I'll never forget. And I was amazed how like there were certain things that we forgot, you know, whether I forgot, like, you know, we forgot to put down like, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, to check like someone's wristband or, you know, with something normal that we do where, you know, we just forgot to put a component in and, you know, they were, oh, we could fix that. And they were adding it at that moment and changing it. So the nurse was able to document. And then when we did do things, you know, and that's not really going to work as well. We realized, and we have, we've gone back to the drawing board. There were things that weren't working as, you know, flu fluently as we thought they would, and we'd be able to go back and they would make changes for us. And, you know, we have bi-weekly meetings still. Um, and that's when we meet with our some of the management team, I have our, our champions. We've actually developed, you know, our informatic champions for all of our units. They're allowed to have a voice, speak up. And, you know, we make enhancements, obviously, continually as we go along. But if things aren't working, it's a time for us to, to speak about it and how we can make improvements. I mean, I think that's great. And that's a, it's really the way it should be. Well, now that you've deployed it, at least in some very critical parts of the hospital, mm-hmm. 
how have you maximized the use of, you talked a little bit about reducing duplication. I've got to right. document something here and document something there, as opposed to I've documented it here, I can use it everywhere. Right. So how's that process been, being able to take real data and actually save you time and speed up the care? That, I mean, that's been great. And I'll even say on the first night when the staff were doing their, was doing their documentation, they're like, I don't know what to do. You know, like we're done. We can actually, they couldn't believe how much time it took off and that, you know, I can actually go and be with my patient. I can have more time at the bedside. I, you know, I've been able to provide more of that, you know, one-to-one -one care at a time with our patients. I mean, they were amazed by the, how efficient they were and the time that they were able to, you know, to continue to be there. Um, so, I mean, that was a, a great plus. That was a win for us, definitely. So can you estimate how much time it reduced in doing the nurse's documentation in the ICU? At least in half. 50%? At wow. least, yeah, yes. And yes. you know we can do things at the bedside too. We're lucky enough that we have computers in the room, so they're you know we're used to multitasking, right? So when you're in there too, you're able to document in the room. Whereas when you had paper, you know you're grabbing different pieces of paper, and if there was a different, oh, I have to start you know a vascular flow sheet now, and now I have to do this. Sometimes you know things would happen even during your shift, and you'd have to go out get it get another form to fill out. So at least a lot of that is to be able to be done right um, at the side of the patient now. Did you have any naysayers when it first started out? Of course. And I said, let's start it. They you know, we're good at having huddles. And it was funny, you know, it was the one thing they loved because at huddles, they were able to see, especially during COVID, like leadership was always there. So I was there for my 7 a.m. huddle and I was there for my 7 p.m. huddle. And that's how we got staff to keep coming back because obviously if I'm there, they can be there. So of course, you know, our first huddle, here we go. We're going to start our shift. IT's here with us. You know, we're going to start our, and it, oh, you know, this is, you know, I don't know if this is going to, you know, I liked we didn't have enough class time or we didn't have enough, you know, this is going, this is going to take me forever. And, you know, of course, you know, you're going to have naysayers wherever you go. And that one person who caused the biggest issues probably for me during the huddle at the end of the shift came back and apologized and thanked us because it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> that's, that's a great story. Uh, I, I have a couple of those as well. So it's, it's interesting <laughs> that when you have somebody who really, really is against it, and you prove to them that they can actually do it faster, better, mm -hmm. and actually have more fun doing it. Yes. And they go, oh, you're your they're best fans of the whole process. So what's your roadmap going forward? Um, you've deployed in the ICU. I think you're in, the, of course, the ED, and mm -hmm. then there's step downs. Right. Uh, and then we went how then we went housewide to all med surge is already deployed. Um, the next step is we're going to be looking at our procedural areas and our PACU. And how do you think that's coming along? I, I think it's coming along great. They know it's important. It's, you know, it's important for us to all to be on the same page, especially, you know, there's some, sometimes there are things that will affect all of our areas. And, you know, we're kind of having to hold back on certain, you know, protocols to put in place or get off paper, like a certain order set, just because we need to have our procedural areas on board too, especially because they're feeders to my ICU and step down. So we need to be able to be having the same type of documentation. So, you know, they know that that's a priority and they're definitely uh, working on it. It'll be definitely be done within this year. Very good. So what was it like, you, you're a nurse clinician and being involved in the actual, let's do it this way as opposed to that way. And they obviously need jerk reaction to everyone if they go from paper to a product, any product, 
They want to mimic the paper. Right. Well, tell me a little bit about your input and your team's input into the design of what you actually came out the other end with. Right. So like I said, just mimicking, I kept telling a piece of paper. The only difference we're doing then is that instead of actually writing it with a pen is, is they're basically typing it onto a computer. So, you know, we, we want to expand. We want to be, there's definitely more that we could have learned from this. Like let's, we had to think out of the box. How can we do things to have things interrelated and be able to make, like I said, improve our quality that, of care that we're giving our patients, be able to be able to get the data that we need appropriately. You know, there's certain things that we can do that we just don't want to duplicate something. So the obviously the next thing is we've able to put, you know, we all have to go by CMS and join commission standards. So there's certain things that have to be documented. So working on having hard stops. So to remind the nurse, oops, I have to document this before I can go to the to the next, you know, because on paper, it's very simple. You just don't fill out the form or fill out that box. <laughs> so putting in the hard stops, having things to actually be able to talk you through, like when you're, you know, building on whether we're doing screenings. So the great thing about this is we have these pop boxes. So like if they screen something um, and it's showing, like, say, if we're doing a suicide screening or assessment um, or even like a, a, a CWA protocol, which we use for our alcoholic um, patients that come in, you know, there's certain things that pop up. Is this patient at risk if, by if going through um, having, you know, withdrawal symptoms? And if they are, it brings you to a new pop up and it expands and it'll help with assessments to go on and how often you have to assess that patient. You know, we're looking forward for that to be actually integrated into setting off order sets too. That's something for the future that we're working on, which with paper, you can't do that. So talk a little bit about going unit to unit, because one of the things that, that I recall, uh, which was a big, a lot of work for nurses, is when folks got transferred out of the ED into the ICU or out of the ICU into a step down or step down to the floor, all, it seemed like back in the old days, and I'll, I'll date myself a long time ago, it, they had to redo everything. So right. have you been able to leverage what you yes. built unit to unit to unit? Yes. So right now you still have the, the, the ED doesn't feed into all of our uh, inpatient areas yet. But that is something that will so that we can continue on. So especially if you have like a neuro patient and you're doing your neuro assessments and you want to be able to put that against what you see in ICU, what you see, uh, what the ED saw. So that's something right now they're still in the ED has their assessment and then we just we will have to start a new time. But, you know, that is something that we're going to be integrating that they're working on so that we'll be able just to continue on, but that you'll be able to see where they were located. So for our inpatient units. When I have a patient in the ICU, that patient could be transferred out into, um, say, my step-down unit. They, they'll start, of course, everyone has to start the time that they document someone, you know, when they, they intake the patient. But you'll be able to see on the bottom, we'll be, we're able to scroll and see where they were. And they what they've done is they've indicated the areas. So like if they did your eyes and nose or your flow sheet that you started in ICU, and then they've gone to our step-down unit, it'll say where they were located. So it'll say ICU, it'll say one north is our step-down. So you'd have the one north area. And then there are many times you transfer from our step-down to our med surge unit. So you can see the timeline and you can see where they are and they have the different, different units that, that they were on. So you talked a little bit about this, about JCO, and I, I'm an old JCO reviewer. Um, <laughs> has it really helped in that process um, in making sure that you can meet all the JCO requirements and how you document that, track it, present it? Yes, it, it's helped with documentation. Um, we just recently had a successful joint commission visit 
It also allowed us to see what we need to build on to make us even more efficient and make the next joint commission visit also as successful as this one was. And it what it you know it allows you because you might forget and there's certain pointers you know things that need to be done you know, like how often you have to assess your your vascular um you know access you know we have policies so our policy is that they have to you know assess this every two hours it needs to be an assessment and if that's what our policy says and we're we're going against it obviously that would be a joint commission finding and you know we've been able to put it in through the electronic record this is just one example that you know they can't go they can't move on. They have to be able to fill in their every two hour assessment before they move on as a reminder for them. And same with like towards the end of the shift, like we have to verify our, our vital signs um, on some of the units. If the, the piece of the patient care technicians do vitals, the registered nurse has to really be the one to validate them. So there's a reminder for them that, you know, it'll show up in like a little red, you know, uh, number that has to be done and they have to go back to that area and be able to uh, validate all that. So by doing all those reminders and having things, it definitely had helped with us in succeeding in our joint commission survey that we recently had. So when you were designing and getting things, you know, built, was that part of the process as well? Were you told yes. what mm -hmm. you knew, what the criteria that your own policies were going to create? Yes. And then you created the EMR to mimic and help provide those. Right. Correct. Yes. And that's why we just couldn't have staff nurses like our frontline work, uh, providers. Obviously, we want them to be part of this, but sometimes they're not always thinking about the policy and procedure part. So that's why it's important to also have nursing leadership as part of this just to keep us online and streamline us with that. And I mean, even another huge thing that has helped us, especially in our scorecards, is the reporting mechanism. It, I can't tell you how often reporting, I was doing manual reports, reading, documenting, like, you know, with little check marks of how many and trying to keep track of everything. And especially now being in the ED, everything's quality metrics. So it's always about like, you know, door to provider, door, you know, left without being seen, everything's timed. I, the difference of having an electronic medical record and be able to pull this, pull this data out has been wonderful. It's helped us in all of our, you know, performance improvement projects. It's easy for all of us to get data. We do monthly scorecards now and we're able to get everything that's important to the certain areas and we can you know, get reports. We work with our data um, analysis uh, team and they help us get those reports. You know, I can ask for a report now and they'll develop it and I'll, they'll be able to pull right off our medical record. So I have to ask this, if you had it to do over again, would there be anything you'd change or would you say, mm, I ain't doing it? It was a bad project. I Wrong time. Let's delay it. What's your no, comments I, I, on that? I was I was happy. I was I was part of it. I'm happy. I'm still part of it because we're still growing. Um, so you know, obviously, you'd like things to be done. Everything's to be done at once. But I think by doing it sometimes in pieces like this and being able to see how you can grow, because there it allowed you to see what was working and what wasn't. So just if we threw it all, everything all together at once, because we're still adapting and making changes. I think by doing it this way has really allowed for us to see what we're doing good and what we where our opportunities of improvements are. So we're kind of coming down to the end of our time here. I asked this question of everyone I interview is if there was one thing you could wave a magic wand and change, what would that be in healthcare? The one thing I would change actually has nothing to do with computerized documentations. <laughs> but what it has it, to it's, it's an open-ended question. Yes. It's obviously our, our, uh, our, you know, our national shortage of staff 
And it's not just nursing. Nursing is one of them, but our providers, all aspects, our phlebotomist, you know, it's, it's everyone. I wish that there was more people to see, you know, we have, there's a need here. And, you know, healthcare, obviously there's, you know, there's many different, you know, different roles. We could, you could be a nurse and you didn't have to work in a, in a hospital, but you'd still between wellness and settings on the outside and, you know, anything. I just wish that we had a, more of a, a group of individuals now who'd be able to join into healthcare with us and see that this is a great profession. You know, it's, it's honorable to be able to serve others. And I just wish that we had uh, more people, influx of people coming into the profession right now. That's a, a very, um, very good request as, as several of the people I know are in nursing faculty and I used to teach at a nursing school when I was doing my graduate work. Um, so it was, it's a really great request because we do need more providers. We need more trained people to do the work. Well, Donna, it's been a pleasure. If someone wants to get a hold of you and ask you questions about what you did, how you did it, and maybe learn a little bit more, how would they get a hold of you? Um, they can contact me by email. I can give you my email address. You can yeah, go ahead and just it's, tell the, the audience your email and then we'll D, make sure it's posted. Okay, it's dmatera, M-A-T-T-E-R-A, at holyname.org. Don, thank you so much for being on our program today. It's a pleasure to talk with you and I'm very excited about what you guys are doing at Holy Name. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Tell Me Where It Hurts. Tune in to Healthcare Now Radio and Podcast Network each month for the latest episode. To learn more about Medicomp Systems, visit our website at www.medicomp.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at MedicompSys or myself at MedicompDoc, or check out the show notes for links. See you next time. 